God has promised to preserve King David's throne for all eternity. Learn what this throne is today and how it will solve all world problems. Next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. God made a covenant with King David and promised David that that there would always be a, a descendant of his sitting on that throne forever. And, of course, that would include Jesus Christ, but uh, every king from David on to the second coming of Christ was a descendant of David sitting on David's throne. And uh, at the end of that, Jesus Christ would then take over that throne and offer salvation to every person who's ever lived on this earth. Now, that is a, just an incredible hope and a light for this world, and yet we don't see that light shining very much at all, and I think we have to ask the question, why? But look at all the problems that mankind has today, all just horrific problems that they cannot solve, and here you have something that David's throne that's on this earth continues to be on this earth and will be until Christ gets here, and then He'll rule on it forever. But here you have something on this earth that's physical and tangible, and you can reach out and touch it, you can see it, you can really believe in this hope in, in uh, many ways. There are many reasons for being able to do that. But here you have people that should be hearing this message, and yet very few people are really understanding anything about David's throne. What does it all mean, and why is it so important to all of us to understand? Well, let me read you a scripture that ties in with this. This is in one of the former prophets, 1 Kings 15. In other words, it is prophecy for this end time, but even the context tells you it's, it's prophecy for well beyond the end time. It reads in 1 Kings 15 and verse 4, Nevertheless, for David's sake, did the Eternal his God give him a lamp, a lamp in Jerusalem to set up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem. So here God says you have a, a lamp in this dark, evil world. You have a lamp that shows you a great hope, a wonderful hope, and this world needs this hope desperately, and they just don't know it, but they do. Notice Second Kings 8, verses 18 and 19, also one of the former prophets, the same book. This is about evil Jehoram, and it said, He did evil in the sight of the Eternal, yet the Eternal would not destroy Judah for David his servant's sake, as he promised to give him always a light to his children or his sons, the sons of David. That's another wonderful scripture of hope. God says that throne of David would always, always, always be a light to this world. But is it a light to you, to me? Uh, are we really seeing that light and understanding it? And really, it's the only hope of this world. Queen Elizabeth of Britain sat on David's throne and began in 1953, and she is a descendant of David. Now, when she began to rule, there was a stone underneath her 
throne chair, I guess we could call it. And uh, the label said, Jacob's Pillar Stone. Now, that wasn't that long ago, but they have since removed it, I think, to their own shame. But they have done that. And people's faith, well, it just send, uh, tends to be degenerating, especially in this end time. But that stone that was under that chair, on the bottom part of that chair, is a symbol of Jesus Christ Himself, the rock. He is our spiritual rock. And everything has to be built on that, or it just it's going to come to, uh, well, ruin and destruction. But that stone was also a symbol of the throne of David, and uh, we uh, explain that in our book on the United States and Britain and prophecy, and you certainly can prove that. But the big problem with this is this. Here you have the uh, throne of David, and people see it, and yet they don't realize the significance of this throne. They don't realize the significance of it. How many people do you hear mentioning something like that? Well, I think it, it's almost like there's silence. And yet, this is what God says to us in His own Bible, and I'll show you New Testament Scriptures as well that, that show that to you. But we have in this church beginning with Herbert W. Armstrong right on down to this church today, have been proclaiming that message for over 70 years. Over 70 years. And I want to read to you something about something that happened in 1996, and I wrote about it that year. The uh, United Kingdom government and the uh, royal family gave the stone back to Scotland. Now, they, uh, it wasn't permanently. They would, they would bring it back for coronations, they said. But still, they let it go from where the, uh, the queen was, sitting on David's throne. Now, if you remember that uh, that stone is a symbol of Jesus Christ Himself. Even 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 4 talks about that stone that was with ancient Israel. Let me read to you what I wrote about the stone in August 1996 in the Trumpet Magazine. The stone is the most precious physical thing on this earth. I also believe that Queen Elizabeth just made the worst decision of her life, and the British government has made the biggest mistake in its history. England's actions have scorned the omnipotent living God, and there's going to be a penalty unless they repent. Now, as you know, from that time, there was all kinds of problems between uh, Prince Charles and uh, his wife Diana. And then one year from that, Princess Diana was killed in a car accident. Now, I'm not saying that uh, the Queen or anybody there was the cause of that, but I'm just simply saying this, that if you have that stone, you do have an, an extra additional protection from God Himself because of all of these wonderful statements and prophecies He made to David, now, how He would look after him and make sure all of this happened and everything would go exactly according to God's plan. So I, I don't know uh, when God punishes them for anything, but I do know He did say if the people who had that throne, if they turn from God, 
forsook God that He would punish them. He makes that very clear in many places. So uh, God does protect that throne because He's promised that it would always be here and nobody would ever take it away from this earth. I mean forever. Now that in itself tells us this has to be very important. Now, if you have that throne of God, which it is His throne, God was the the uh, king of Israel until Israel wanted their own king to choose their own king, and they chose Saul. And after that, God uh, uh, put David in control in charge, and David is sitting on the eternal throne. But it's called David's throne. But it's God's throne. He ruled over Israel in the beginning. And how many people really understand that? But today, you see all kinds of problems of Prince Harry and his wife or have now stepped down from even being a part of the royal family and a move to Canada. Do people really realize the significance of this? Of any of this. I mean, this was at one time the very throne of God, but it is no longer that throne. And I want to show you how to how you can prove that to yourself. But you've heard about the bad news of Prince Andrew and his connection to Jeffrey Epstein and uh, Prince Harry and his bride are really. Uh, according to the news, are very bitter toward the royal family, and all kinds of, of problems are developing. And uh, the Queen's grandson, Peter Phillips, just he, his wife just left him, apparently, uh, or, or, or they speculate anyhow that, that his wife uh, will be going to Canada with Harry and his wife. So, anyhow, this is the uh, Queen's grandchildren we're talking about, and this very very upsetting to uh, the royal family. What is really the problem here? Well, Telegraph newspaper says that uh, more than hints of an undercurrent of bitterness towards the family they have left behind, that is, Prince Harry and his wife. Biographer Tom Bauer told the Daily Mail that uh, comments about the Queen's decision smacks of spiteful fury. I fear it will grow worse. But here is the biggest problem that Queen Elizabeth and the royal family face, and that is simply this. God has established a new throne. There is a new throne in this earth, and it happened on January 16, 2017, and you can prove that from your Bible. God is concerned about David's throne. It's the only hope of this world. Why wouldn't He be concerned? Then you can prove that as well. So, here in this book that I've written on the new throne of David, you can absolutely prove that this new throne is the light, the hope of the world. God isn't going to leave us guessing about something as important as this. He's going to make it so plain it's shocking. This is God talking, and He has made these promises to David, and you'll see as we go along how He has determined that it's fulfilled in every little detail. That's what God says. So, 
Let's turn now to Genesis 28 and verse 11, and I'll read that to you. I just want you to understand this mind-shattering prophecy, and I'm telling you, it actually gives you a pretty rough uh, time period of when Jesus Christ is going to return. And let me tell you, it's uh, around uh, uh, a decade and probably less. And you can begin to put these things together yourself as you prove this uh, to yourself. But I want to talk to you about God's covenant with David. I want to talk to you about that. In Genesis 28 and verse 11, I'll just paraphrase some of this to you, but it is a time where Jacob actually was uh, making his bed to lie down and sleep outside, and he picked some uh, stones and put them together and put a, his coat or some kind of hide over that to make a pillow of it out of those stones. And he saw something really spectacular happen in the Hebrew. He was just trembling with joy. And he said, well, this is a, a gate to the heaven. This is a gate right into the throne of God. This is uh, that stone that I'm talking about that uh, was at one time under the queen's own throne, but no longer is. Uh, so anyhow, the uh, next morning he got up. His pillow wasn't made of stones, but it was one stone, one pillar. And that's Jacob's pillar stone. God had great vision for this stone. And He used it for many years uh, to, to ordain kings and uh, priests. And especially, uh, He used that stone to be a part of David's throne because it's a symbol of Jesus Christ. So, uh, these stones ended up becoming uh, Jacob's pillar stone. Well, anyhow, this goes all the way back to the very beginning of uh, the uh, Israel's history as a nation. Jacob's name was shortly uh, changed to Israel, and of course, you know a lot about the history of Israel, probably. If you read Judges 9 and verse 6, it talks about, and this is uh, before David was even a king, Abimelech the king was coronated by a stone. It was the same stone that was Jacob's pillar stone. So there's quite a history here about this. Now notice Second Samuel 23, verses 1 through 5. Notice the promises God made to David. Now these be the last words of David. God has made me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things, and sure. This is not just history. This is an everlasting covenant. Why is, is this not more important to, to people, and especially Christianity and religion today? Let me read just a little more from Second Samuel 7. I will set up your seed after you, which shall proceed out of your bowels, that is Solomon, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Isaiah 9 and verse 7 says that throne, Christ is going to sit on that throne forever. And He's going to have the government and He's going to bring peace. Government of God always brings peace. How much peace do you see on this earth today? That tells us a lot, really. But God says, I'm going, I will establish the throne of His kingdom forever. You talk about light and hope, well, there's all kinds of it. And then the last part of it, in your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. 
your throne shall be established forever. Now, let me just read a quote from the United States and Britain in Prophecy, which we will give to you if you ask for it and you don't have it. All of our literature is free, and the same applies to the New Throne of David booklet. But here's a quote Here is the fact as little realized as any in the Bible. See, people just don't realize this. Almighty God made an absolutely binding, just how binding we shall see, covenant with David, unconditionally guaranteeing that there should never be a single generation from that time forward when there would be not a descendant of David in unbroken dynasty, sitting on David's throne, ruling over children of Israel. It was the promise of a continuous, unbroken dynasty, all generations forever. That was guaranteed. Now, that's pretty spectacular. It's called a covenant of salt, or a perpetual covenant. It just never ends. And notice what it says in Psalm 89, verses 3 and 4. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant, your seed, dynasty, and the Moffat says, and that's what it should be translated, your dynasty will I establish forever, and build up your throne in all generations. All generations. Every one of them. They'll all have this throne to see and touch, and hopefully build their hope around it because it's, it is our only hope. And then you can read Psalm 89, verses 30 through 37. Again, it says, His throne, as, as the sun before me, it shall be established forever as the moon and as a faithful witness in heaven. Now, that's pretty good when you think about that. What, what does that mean to us, though? Notice, let me just give you a quote. Another quote, strong words those from Herbert Armstrong, unless you can stop this old earth from turning on its axis, unless you can remove the sun and the moon and the stars from heaven, says the Almighty, you cannot prevent Him from keeping His covenant to maintain continuously through all generations forever from the time of David and Solomon, a descendant of David in one continuous dynasty on that throne. Can you remove the the sun and the moon and the stars? Well, neither can you destroy this promise. You can't do that. You can't remove those great lights. This light, it's really a, a type of the spiritual light in that throne of David. You can't remove the sun, the moon, and the, the stars. God is really talking about a gateway to heaven. That's why uh, Jacob said what he did. And then you can read in Jeremiah 1, verses 9 and 10, that he came along, and after that uh, throne had to be uh, taken away from Jerusalem, and he said, I have set you this day over nations, God talking to Jeremiah, over kingdoms, to pluck up, to break down, and to destroy, and to overthrow, and to build, and to plant. Well, Babylon came along and killed all the sons of Zedekiah, who were to sit on that throne, and all the nobles who could sit on that throne. And uh, to the world, it appears to the whole world that that was the end of David's throne. And I mean, even great people like uh, Thomas Paine and that were so upset by that that they lost faith in the Bible. They thought that was the end of his throne. It wasn't the end of his throne. Zedekiah had 
two daughters, and one of them, well, uh, appeared in, of all places, Ireland. In 569 B.C., an elderly, white-haired patriarch, sometimes referred to as a saint, came to Ireland. He had a princess from the east who happened to be Zedekiah's daughter sitting on David's throne. And he also had that stone, the pillar of Jacob. He had that same stone called Eliaphel, and that princess' name was Teatefi. She sat on David's throne, and she married shortly after Jerusalem was destroyed to a the son of the king of Ireland, and that son became king later, and they both sat on David's throne. God had to move it away from Jerusalem because of Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar was determined that nobody was ever, would ever be able to sit on that throne again. But God made sure that He had somebody to sit on that throne. Jacob's pillar stone was right there as well. You can read in Acts 4, verses 10 and 11, where it says, The stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Well, that's Jesus Christ Himself, of course. It's Jesus Christ. The very, uh, well, you can read in Second Chronicles, there's, there are scriptures there about kings being uh, coronated on David's uh, throne. So, uh, see, do you, do you and I really understand all of this? Well, we, really, we do need to, because this is the only hope in this world that we need, and we need to understand that. It just got a lot more exciting, and that throne got a lot more brighter on January 16, 2017. And I'm telling you that hope is magnified even more because of that event. And I'm telling you, you can prove it from your own Bible. And without that, this world is hopeless. They think they may have hope, but they don't. It's, it's certainly uh, a, a fraudulent hope in every way. And uh, if you look at, uh, I'll just read you quickly what it says about the the great king that's going to be on that throne. In uh, John 1, verses 4 and 5, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. He came to this earth. Christ came to this earth, and he was the light of men. But notice, And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. They don't get it. They don't understand that Jesus Christ is going to sit on David's throne and bring peace and joy and happiness to this world, and He's going to do it in a, well, let's say uh, it appears to be a little less than a decade. I'm telling you, this, it, this new throne is preparation for the return of Jesus Christ and getting somebody ready to present that throne to Jesus Christ that He is going to sit on and rule this earth and the universe forever. How precious is that? And Christ is not going to return to a non-existent throne or a non-extant throne. He is not going to do that. And Luke 1 and verse 30 and 33 says that His Father gave Him that throne, and He's going to return and sit on that throne forever. And Christ uh, talked about the true light, the light uh, which lights every man. Everybody has to have that light, or we don't understand God's plan. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. 
Request Gerald Fleury's book, The New Throne of David, to discover God's epic plan for his throne. Also request our reprint article, The Fall of the British Royal Family. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Order now. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.